Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan-wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest-to-understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows. Hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest of ways. Hello, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. As I discussed on a previous episode, the Reserve Bank of Australia came out with some back of beer coaster numbers a while ago that they reckon there's over 800,000 Australians that have fixed rate mortgages that were fixed during the pandemic and they're going to be coming to an end in really the main part of 2023. That total amount of mortgages racks up to about $350 billion worth of mortgages. So we've got a few things going on here. One of them is it's a big volume of loans that have got to have something done to them and you can bet your life that the banks want a piece of that $350 billion. Some of these mortgages are going to be shifted around and the banks will also want to retain some of them. Joining us today in the Clever Investor Studio is a longtime friend of mine, someone whose uh, opinion I value greatly. Aurelio Tanaglia, hopefully I've said that right, joins us. And I want to put the question to you, Aurelio. Hello, by the way. Hello, and thanks for having me on. 800,000 mortgages that are coming to an end. As a long-term mortgage broker, what can Joe Public do to better prepare getting in that queue of 800,000 mortgages? That number is uh, an incredible number of um, customers that are going to come to a point where they're going to need some attention. What those customers need to do is get prepared. Now, inevitably, one of the biggest challenges we have as mortgage brokers is preparing our clients with documentation and getting things in order. So the first thing I'd like to advise our customers is essentially get their paperwork in order, making sure that they have their paperwork in order if uh, they have an expectation of getting a better deal. What's, what's the paperwork then they need to get in order? Excellent. Things like proof of income, so their payslips, group certificates if applicable, if they're self-employed, their financials and tax returns being done for the most recent financial year, making sure their BAS is up to date if they're uh, BAS is done quarterly or monthly, making sure that that's done as soon as possible. Loan statements, making sure that there's no arrears or any problems in any of their loan statements. That's <laughs> really, really important, of course. Things like afterpay and buy now, pay later type transactions. These are the sorts of things that banks look at in terms of that activity. And if you're not using them any longer or basically coming to the tail end of them, try and get rid of them. If, uh, making sure credit cards are in order, that the monthly repayments are made if they're not cleared. Uh, in full, very important critical factor. So essentially what the banks are looking for is your ability to repay and payment patterns as such are in order. Are the lenders out there going to pick and choose what deals they want? Inevitably they're already doing that. Uh, In terms of the best clients, the banks will always fight to attract the best clients by way of uh, incentives, if you will, Um, whether they give you a better interest rate based on 
the level of borrowings versus the value of your property. So what we call LVR ratios, loan to value of your property ratios. Um, so yes, if you've got less debt versus the value of the property, uh, then essentially you'll get a better interest rate. Having said that, if you have a large amount of borrowings, anything above sort of the $500,000, $700,000, the banks will love you. They'll embrace you with open arms. <laughs> I've heard some stories of a few people that have picked up the, I mean, after pay and such like that, not, not picking on any sort of particular company but using that type of thing has become really popular over the last yep. three years, I would say. If somebody does have debt that they've got on that, is that something that banks are entertaining of rolling into this refinance when you're when you're moving the mortgage to someone else? Okay, every client is going to be a case-by-case case scenario. So the first thing that I would respond to that would be if your affordability can entertain and continue that, the buy now, pay later ideally is based on buying something and repaying it over a very quick period of time, whether it be four or six type of repayments. Um, by rolling it into the home loan, obviously you have the disadvantage if you don't have the discipline of paying the extra as quickly as possible, that you're paying interest in addition to whatever interest may or may not have been paid. So I'd, I'd want to be careful about making that type of recommendation blatantly. The, the nature of those particular repayments are made where if you make it within a set time frame, there's no real interest involved. But if you go beyond that period of time where the expected repayments are to be made, then you get lumbered with the entire lot of interest from the beginning, from day one when you took it out. Mm, yeah, so otherwise you're you're rolling it into a 30-year loan term. Correct. And whatever you bought on it is now actually a hell of a lot more expensive because you're spreading the repayments out. It seems on paper like you're saving yourself money each month, but you're not really doing that long term. Definitely not. That's why it's important to speak to a specialist who knows how to give the right advice around how to manage this type of loan. The proposal that you put forward to the the new lender that you're mm-hmm. that you're going through is we want to leave this afterpay arrangement over here because of this reason. Absolutely. For, for doing it. It's not just a case of throwing it all together and rolling it all out. No, there's been a trend in the past to throw everything or consolidate everything into a home loan to make it cheaper in terms of monthly repayments. That's not always the best outcome for the client. So we want to make sure that the client understands, number one, is it the right thing to do for them? Is it a short-term or long-term solution? And essentially, does the client have the discipline to get rid of it quicker? Mm. That's the most important thing. So back to um, one of my original points, we've got $800,000, uh, mortgages that are that are coming to an end. There's going to be, um, uh, being a bit sort of bold here, there's really not going to be a, a break cost with anybody that would want to, you know, end their mortgage earlier because if they're on 1.8%, they're going to be going to, what, five, around the five-ish percents no matter Plus. who yep. they're looking at, all right? Yep. Is there an advantage to getting everything started uh, getting the ball rolling, as we say, even if you've got four months to go, is there an advantage to, to to getting it rolling now and sort of getting ahead of the queue? I think it's always smart to be prepared. It's like anything, when you are prepared, you're in a much better position than those that leave it to the last minute. Inevitably, you're going to get communication from the banks or the lenders that you're with uh, 
that your interest rate is coming up for expiry of a fixed rate and this will be the new rate that you receive. Hopefully, if you've gone through a mortgage broker that the broker would have communicated with you that will be on well, well prior the bank uh, sending out that letter to you and putting in place the strategies that we talked about earlier in terms of making sure that your pay slips are in order, your tax returns are in order if applicable, that your debt is check and that at least gives you some time to repair what needs to be repaired if necessary or to part of the preparation. Um, is there an advantage? Absolutely. Preparation is key and it avoids the last minute panic of maybe being stung into a loan that uh, is going to cost you a lot, lot more. I'm putting you on the spot here. This is a bit of a, a sweeping statement, but do you think that with refinances there is going to be a bit of an extended time? Absolutely. Most of the lenders uh, are not coping with current volumes of normal business for whatever reasons, whether it be lack of staff or a changeover of staff or absenteeism um, or outsourcing, whatever the case may be, there is going to be um, some service levels that are going to be challenged. So what has traditionally taken you know, three to four days to pick up in a loan transaction is today, even today, with some of the lenders taking up to 10 or 15 days to pick up and look at the transaction before they start the process. So that, that they haven't actually even started the... No, that, just in that's the just to pick it up. Just to pick it up and look at just it. Just to pick it up. And make a decision. 800,000? 800, 800. It's like trying to squeeze 800,000 people into the Sydney Harbour Tunnel all at once at 5 o'clock in the afternoon where everybody's trying to get out of the city. When they do pick up your file, if there's an issue... Then we need to resolve the issue respond to it or mitigate it goes back to the beginning again it's back to start again it doesn't get picked up by the same person as you mentioned before preparation get everything ready go over the top for it um, maybe ask your broker for a list of items that you need so you can start 100 getting it together now yeah if you're um, look we're in the month of february at the moment mid-february so let's assume that let's count march march april may june Assuming that June is the month where we start to see these clients starting to come, we're, we're four months out. I think it's important to start now, frankly. Uh, and the reason being is that getting some of these doc documents prepared, um, having this discussion and conversation with your broker, uh, addressing potential issues that may come up, uh, and even just working out strategies, there's been circumstances where clients are unable to be refinanced because their, their employment's changed or their family circumstances have changed and they've lost the income that they had two years ago, as an example. Yeah. So there needs to be some time even for the broker to be able to assist you and make sure that we're not making decisions out of panic or fear and having the time and calm to be able to resolve issues. So I think now is a good time if you're looking at being four months away from coming off. And, uh, I mean, the stats I, I, I found a while ago that was most of the fixed rates that people took up, whether they were on investment properties or on their, their home mortgages, yep. were in June of 21. Yeah. Yep. So if it's two years, then... We're four months out now. We're, we're four months out. So yep. so get get in that line, look at what your... Absolutely. Or find out what your options are. In addition to that, for those that have investment properties that are on interest-only loans that may have been fixed, um, traditionally what the lenders will do will only fix the interest-only portion for that fixed-rate period, and then it will revert to principal and interest it won't actually go to interest-only variable. So we need to be careful about that as well. So if you're an investor that has uh, an investment property with interest-only lending as well as owner-occupied debt, 
you need to talk to your broker as quickly as possible. What your what your particular one is? You may not be able to stay with that lender because they may not extend that interest only period beyond. So time. again, this this is obviously general talk here. Um, but if you took a two-year fixed rate on your investment property and it's interest only, it's yep. coming towards the end of the, that fixed term, yep. it's coming towards the end of that interest only term as well. Correct. If I want to extend, even if I want to leave it as variable, but I want to extend that interest only, yep. have I got to resubmit supporting documents? Yes. You have to go through the entire application process all over again. Why is it that a lender, a bank, will make me resubmit all these documents again? Um, I want to be as respectful as I possibly can on this podcast, but it's really important to understand that um, as brokers, we're facilitating and operating as to what the lenders require. The way that the lenders interpret some of that legislation that's been thrust upon them by either ASIC, APRA and their regulators um, I can't respond because each individual lender has their own legal team, so their own version of how they interpret that. Uh, it doesn't make sense. If I'm making the repayments and I have a history of good repayments and good conduct because, lo and behold, that's how it used to be, common sense. <laughs> if if I was a, um, a borrower that wasn't making the repayments, then yes, I could understand. Prove to me that you're actually still going to be able to make those repayments ongoing. But... If there's no problem, there hasn't been a glitch in repayment history, there's no reason to believe, and the client signs off on this essentially because there's no reason to, to expect that anything's going to change in the future, then it's not unreasonable for the lenders to say, well, okay, we'll extend the period. There's no risk to them. They're already exposed to the money, frankly. Really, and I think you just sort of, you smashed the nail on the head. You didn't just hit the nail on the head. Don't apply logic to the frustration that you may feel with the fact that, your repayments are going to be lower as interest only, which is from a from a taxation point of view and all of that from the investment property, that's what you want. And they're going to force you to make higher repayments and pay down this non-tax deductible debt unless, of course, you can supply all that. So if if Correct. you start applying if we start applying logic to it, that's a royal we, um, you're just going to get frustrated. Absolutely. Yeah. It is a process that unfortunately we don't have total control. Ultimately we want something from the lenders and that is a loan. Ultimately, they control the money. Yeah. And we're required to do what it is that they want so that we can actually provide evidence that we're able to make those repayments. Mm. And I guess the bottom line with all of this is that they're not all bound by, you know, this is why using a broker is a vitally important thing to do. Absolutely. And more importantly, that a broker today is bound to operate in the best interest of that customer. Yes, and of course that's that's the biggest is that they've got to the broker has to prove that what they're presenting to you nowadays is um, is very much within your interest as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So don't bother doing the online bank calculators. Um, stop doctor googling all of that stuff. Very much so. Uh, find yourself a fantastic mortgage broker if you don't already have one. Aurelia, thank you for your time today for your knowledge for sharing all of that some very important stuff in a nutshell get the paperwork together as soon as you well actually let's go back a step ring your broker first of all get a list of the paperwork that they need start getting it done as early as possible because you are just going to be a number in the system and there's not much even the best broker in the land can do for 
pushing you, you know, further, you know, so far up up the queue. Give us a quick plug about your business. I, with my wife, uh, Loretta, Aurelio and Loretta, operate a business called Casabella Finance. And Casabella is uh, essentially an Italian translation for beautiful home. So Casabella Finance for your beautiful home. And we've helped clients for the last 25 years basically purchase the dream of their homes, create wealth. We've helped thousands of clients become very, very wealthy, and that's something I'm very proud of. At this stage, we're up to our grandchildren of some of our original clients, which is something I'm very, very proud of. How cool is that? Thank you very much again for having me. Well, thanks, folks, and we'll see you again next week for another edition of The Clever Investor Podcast. You have been listening to The Clever Investor Podcast, proudly sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to bluewealth.com.au.